This is Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew, and this is my co-host, Spencer. We want to bring you an American perspective on the world game. Welcome back to another episode of Fish and Fries, an American soccer podcast. I'm Andrew here with my guy Spencer. And Spencer, coming to you a little later this week. We are back though. How you been, buddy? Um, pretty good, Andrew. Um, you know, had a solid weekend last week and a little dated now, but we had to, you know, punt a little bit because we're in the just the nitty gritty time of fucking silly season, my friend transfer deadline time my buddy <laughs> we're in we're in the nitty-gritty of silly season there's nfl fantasy drafts happening everywhere it's it's getting down to it right it's it's back to business it's supposed to be the fall it's 114 degrees here in texas but it's supposed to be the fall and that means sports are back transfer windows closing we got nfl picking up college football kicks off tonight so we needed to give you something for the friday morning get you ready for uh for the last big premier league only weekend for the international break. Yeah, Andrew, I'm in just straight sports overload mode right now of like bouncing the fantasy drafts, like you said, um, you know, still in the thick of golf season for me, just trying to, you know, not be an absolute shit stain at that, trying to keep track of all the transfers. Like this is, this is how I feel like, you know, like transfer seasons really at the nitty gritty is when you wake up in the morning and you open Twitter the first time and it says show more tweets and you're like, oh, there's a lot of news. <laughs> Here there's I gonna am. be a lot. <laughs> I know what it's I'm like reading that. on the shitter at work when I get there. <laughs> yep, that, that time difference is tough, but it's like, oh, they've had like an eight hour head start. Here we go. Um but yeah, no, it's been it's been a good little run here. We had we had fantasy draft football this week. We got a couple more coming up here. We got college football kicking off in earnest and the transfer window is closing. Silly season is that I think it I think it's safe to say it's at its silliest right now. Do you think it gets silliest right before the dawn or is it silliest in the summer when nothing really matters? Cause now every, now all the rumors matter, right? That's the thing I always notice is like, you can take two or three days in the summer to be like, should Mbappe go to Manchester city? Like, is that the best move? It doesn't really matter. Cause it's not really happening. But like right now, everybody's scrambling for a second defensive midfielder. It's all very serious. It's time to get Jay Paulina in the door. Right. Like, is it sillier in the summer or is it silly when it matters? No, I mean, this is by far the silliest, Andrew. Like before we got on, I was going through and I saw a tweet <laughs> that was about Ryan Gravenberch's flight being canceled. And it's like in all caps, Ryan Gravenberch flight from Munich has been canceled. <laughs> and then like underwear underneath it, it's just like. This move is still on. He's flying tomorrow. Yeah. There are, there are other flights from Berlin to England. It's incredible. Munich to fucking London. They're doing it. They have the technology. And it's like, I, I love when we get to flight tracking season because that's the, that's the one time that the fandom of college football and the fandom of soccer really overlaps, right? Nothing makes me happier than like old Miss, like recruiting board tracking the private flight out of like college station, Texas to USC to see if they're going to get a new offensive coordinator and what's going on with that. It's like, 
that's that's where college football and and Premier League fans need to be one because it's just you're the silliest people. It's yeah. all fun. College football really championed the flight tracker because I remember when. Like, this is how I knew Mizzou football, which nobody gives a shit about. I'm a Missouri kid, though. But um, their current coach coached at, like, Appalachian State before, which is in, like, the middle of fucking nowhere in North Carolina. And that's how we found out. Luxurious Columbia, South South, uh, Columbia, Missouri. (laughs) Shout out Como. But to my point, that is how we knew he was going to be our coach because there was some random flight tracker flight from – bumfuck North Carolina to Columbia, Missouri direct flight. And I'm like, yeah, only can be one solution to that flight. That has to be what's going on. But yeah, I I think college football really championed that. But the the soccer world is really taken to that too with the private flights of whatever player from Sampdoria to fucking Nice, France or whatever. So fun stuff. Outside of your outright slander to Boone, North Carolina, home of Appalachian State and Luke Combs, um, I think we get into it here, man. I think it's time to kind of recap, and then we'll go forward, hit all the big transfers, and then get Zach a team and get out of here, buddy. What are you thinking? Let's do it, pal. So, big takeaway from the weekend. I've got Liverpool and United escaping with their lives while Arsenal stumbles first little hiccup of the season what are your takeaways from the weekend man yeah i mean it was really just to quickly go through last weekend um kind of a struggle for a lot of the big teams like you said arsenal drawing at home to fulham uh liverpool newcastle was the big matchup coming in and maybe saying survive isn't fair for liverpool they kind of rescue three points out of that game considering they were down to 10 men i still don't know how the hell they did it i still can't believe that they decided darwin to nunez start... you know how they did it you just don't want to admit how they did oh it. no i know but darwin I just, nunez I... looked like an actual striker <laughs> and that's your they... least favorite thing well they decided to not do anything for like 80 minutes and i watched that 80 minutes at a brunch facility oh, yes. in the area and um at about the 80 minute mark when they were down one nothing i was like there's no chance they're going to score in a million years they haven't done anything this entire game they're down to even though it's liverpool they look like shit like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i totally get it fell into the trap fell into the trap they scored two goals got home and found out when i was mowing my lawn by you and uh former podcast guest Zach texting me in my airpods being like they fucking won and i was like what do you mean they (laughs) fucking won yeah, Zach Zach missed it too. I was I, I saw it happen, but it was just a just a crazy week. Cause like I don't even know. Do you think that was a more impressive comeback than than the United rescuing three points? Cause like my my thought about Liverpool is that sure, they looked bad for 80 minutes, but Newcastle also kind of looked bad for 80 minutes, right? They were the better team, but going against a 10 men Liverpool, I don't think they really stepped on the gas, especially after Anthony Gordon came out, but United beat a Nottingham Forest team that I feel like was actually looking good and going forward. And like, I had confidence in them in this game. So that's kind of where I fell on it. It was like Newcastle, which, you know, my pick for second in the table at the end of the season is really off to a horrific start in the scheduling department. They've got all the big teams uh, up first here. They got you guys already. They've already played. They just played uh, Liverpool, like a tough first couple of rounds for them here in the Premier League table. But, um, but yeah, no, they didn't really 
give it a good run which you always kind of expect them fighting. Like Almiron had a really good shot late in the game to kind of maybe, you know, send it away, which was saved by, um, which was saved. But no, like, and then Darwin Nunez just comes on and looks like a player worth spending like a hundred million dollars on. So that was, I don't think anybody could have possibly seen that coming. What was, I don't know what was more surprising, him looking incredible or Sterling looking incredible because both guys didn't give you anything last year. Yeah. I mean, to circle back to the question, um, I do think the Liverpool one, just when you're doing it against 10 men, I think, like you said, Newcastle's just been totally shafted with their schedule to start the year. They've looked good, right? They looked really good against City, I thought. Um, they looked really good against Villa the first week. And this was just one where it felt like Newcastle, they got to 10 men pretty early in the game. It was what, like in the 23rd minute or something that yeah, Van Dyke got like his red card? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Newcastle. So deserved. God. Yeah, and I, I don't even want to get into the semantics of that. Like, red card, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the call. But um, Newcastle just seemed kind of content to see the game out, right? They had the one big chance you kind of referenced where um, I believe it was Almiron's who shot uh, Allison saved and did it, uh, saved against the post. Mm-hmm. That was a really good chance. But, like, they, they seemed, especially in the second half, really content to not really push, to just kind of – you know, see out a one nil win. And I, I understand it's against 10 men, but Liverpool's got firepower, right? Like Sala yeah. Nunez on certain days, apparently like they, they could get you even with 10 men, they could get you. And it came back and bit Newcastle in the ass. Yeah. And, and as, as stout as Newcastle were all of last year, right. They are vulnerable this year, right. They've kind of, I mean, they lose, what, 1-0 to you guys in the first game. They give up two goals to 10 men here. Um, And you couldn't score on them with 11 last year. I think they gave up the least amount of goals, either you guys, either City or them, but I think it was them. I think they had you for, like, least goals conceded last year, if I'm remembering right. Um, But just not kind of that same. I think they're so much more willing to go forward and run at people that they're a little more vulnerable at the back, maybe? I I don't know. Um, but I think overall, hard for you to say, but good game from Nunez, right? I do kind of – I think I need to hear you say it. Um, Guy came in, scored two goals against uh, 11 versus 10. Yeah, great game. Yeah, okay, okay, there it is. I thought you were just going to say, yeah, he came in and scored two goals. What do you want? Like, no, I, I need to hear it. Darwin Nunez has been one of the people you've shit on most. So it needs to be said. Say a nice thing about Liverpool. There you go. Great game, Darwin. You're like 140th. He outscored Holland. How many goals Holland scored? I mean, scored yeah, one day. This weekend. Well, I mean, it all starts with one day. It yeah. could be one of those horrible one stats day at time. where it's like, since, you know, the 23rd of August, Holland has scored this amount of goals, and Nunez has scored 40 goals. Like, oh, wow. So clearly we're in for a Nunez masterclass. This won't just be a drop in the bucket. But um, <clears throat> to hit on the other big kind of upset game of the weekend here, United fighting back against a re- like you talk about a team that looked good the whole time. I got Nottingham Forest as a team that looked much better than Newcastle did in this loss. Yeah, Andrew. Um, honestly, you can kind of take the reins. What did you see in this one? Because I was um on the golf course getting absolutely fucking pounded by a ridiculous rainstorm at this time when this game was on (laughs) so like it was almost an idea of trying to pull out the phone and watch it during the rain delay but i was you know trying not to get struck by lightning at the time so well first of all great job great job thanks 
two early goals. United kept on being in shambles there for Nottingham Forest. My boy, Taiwa Iwanini, and then Willie Bully, who, if in case you're wondering what team he's on, it's Newcastle. It's uh, Nottingham Forest, apparently, at this point, with two goals super early. Um, Erickson pulls one back kind of before, or at like the 17th minute, and then they go into half. But Nottingham Forest looked really good in this game, right? They looked really good in this game, and then they get a red card. It it gets tied up by Casemiro, and then a red card for Joe Worrell. Um and then it was kind of kind of curtains. Bruno Fernandez does his thing, scores a late goal for them. But um, still just a lot more fight. You compare like the two teams playing with um, 10 men, I think, outplayed the two teams playing with 11. But uh, I can't believe uh, the results went Man United's way. What are the odds of that? I mean, maybe a questionable foul call. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it happened. Benefiting United. Yeah, who would have thought? I know it's only like the third game in a row and it's, Oh, it's the third week of the season. Who would have thought? Um, I just love Nottingham forest and they play so hard. They're signing absolutely everyone in the world, which is crazy to me because where's this money coming from? But kind of last thing from last week. And then I think we're ready to move forward, but Arsenal, your competitors stumble dropping points to a Mitrovic list. Fulham. Dropping points. Jao Paulinha with a late equalizer to go 2-2 at Arsenal. Dropping points at home. Absolutely the way you want to start the season. With 10 men for Fulham at the time, nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Calvin Bassey got a red. Like, how how often do we ever see, like, a 10-men team, like, come back and get something out of a game? We had it twice over this past weekend, which was insane. Absolutely. that was one I, I did sit down at least for that one and watch the extended highlights because that was one where, you know, the antennas are ri- like raised a little bit of like, oh, like maybe we should see how the fuck Fulham drew at the Emirates because that's huge news for me, as you alluded to in this title race as early as it is in the season. But I, fuck Arsenal played. Earlier. <laughs> yeah, fucking Arsenal played cupcakes for the first like 14 weeks of the year last year and rode it into a title race into like what? late april or something so yeah um nice to see them drop points but just fulham look the hits it, it feels like they and they might we're gonna get the transfers in a bit they might get picked apart with a little bit more like polina being rumored yeah to it might out be the door. might be the polina swan song if that it was a swan be. song i mean what a fucking year and couple games he had at that club but uh huge moment for him huge moment for the club and they're just Fulham's plucky, man. I it, it's, it sucks that I said they're dead to me now because they're shipping out Mitrovic, but what can you do? Well, if they're if they're shipping out Polinia too, um, they might not just be dead to you. They might be <laughs> they might be in a tough patch. I never put it past American hero Tim Ream and American hero Jedi Robinson, but at the same time, I don't know. It already wasn't looking great. Pereira had Pereira's been pretty good for them actually, but. Um, yeah, they're they're getting picked apart right now. Jaupolinia uh, to Bayern Munich is the uh, transfer rumor, and can't say I argue with the guy if he wants to get out of there at that point and go play for uh, go play for Bayern. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that one plays out. And just before kind of we move on to our two teams here, anything else over the weekend kind of pop out at you, Andrew? West Ham, Brighton. I watched that game. That was very shot brighton had like 80 percent possession lost 3-1 yes. at home to west ham that was crazy 
That was the example uh, of what I like to think of as like both teams got exactly what they wanted, right? West Ham didn't want the ball at all. Great. Brighton wants the ball the whole time. We're going to control the pace. Everybody got what they wanted. But in soccer, not everybody can get what they want. A 3-1 win for West Ham. Um, salt of the earth goals all around. <laughs> it could have been three. It could. It was 3-0 and then Grossbat pulled one back late. But um, that was as dominating a performance without the ball as, as we've seen in a while here. Yeah, and then the only other thing I had from over the weekend is that um, Everton are in fucking shambles, dude. <laughs> like I, they're they're about as bad of about as bad of the start to the year as it could be. I mean, two of them are one nil, sure, but they lose four nothing from the Villa the week before, one nothing to Wolves this past week. They haven't scored a goal yet in three weeks. They are they haven't signed fucking anybody. They look they're so they're, bad. They're fucked. I'm doing the they... English thing of overreacting, but they're fucked. <laughs> well, like. Seriously, like, what's the? I know Sean Dyche is, you know, like a good coach, right? You play defensive, you set it up. He got him out of the basement last year just enough to stay up, even despite my hatred of the way they play. But like, Jordan Henderson, or not Jordan Henderson, Jordan Pickford would have to be the literal world's greatest player if Everton were to get like tenth this year, right? Like, that's their recipe for success. It's like we got the England number one. He'll just strap the cape to his back every week, and we'll just ride amazing saves. One, Pickford's not really that guy, right? He's a good goalie. He has good distribution and that kind of thing, right? He can make a lot of big saves. I think he's England's best choice for their number one. But, you know, it's not like you got Igor Casillas back there, right? You don't have Thibaut Courtois in the back line. You have a very good goalie. He's your best player. But let's ask, you know, Costa Rica. Like, hey, Costa Rica, is it good if your best player is your goalie? Generally not. It can be fine, right? But it's not necessarily the world's greatest strategy for prolonged um, offensive football or ever scoring a goal. It's a Sean Dyche approach. Just have a good keeper. We're going to be physical. We're going we're gonna to grind him down. And we're going to get fucking <laughs> killed for nothing every week. Yeah, I think his approach is just such a, like, when you're in the bunker of there's a month left in the season, if we can grind out these results, we can stay up. When you're facing down a 38-week season, we're going to grind out every result is just tiring, right? Like, there needs to be, like, you know, you can you can have an attitude of, like, no easy days and stuff like that. And, like, look what West Ham's doing, right? They don't want the ball. They're tactically organized. But they went out and got a couple dudes to actually put the ball in the back of the net and help out with set pieces, right? Like, Everton, without watching a lot of their games, if Everton had a dude like James Ward-Prowse putting absolute – balls on a plate for people right with set pieces they would have probably at least tied one of those games right to the two uh one nil losses and i just think man if you're, if you're an everton fan and this is like 10 years ago you'd be like yeah we got tim howard we got kind of fun young players like maybe we'll be okay it's like no you're still trotting out alex awobi man still you're trotting out oh, alex strategy <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it worked last year, but it's tough to be like 38 weeks of Alex Awobi, Jordan Pickford. Let's go. That's a tough draw, man. Build that new stadium, though. Get that revenue. It's going to look Come great on. in the championship. They're going to be selling to- <laughs> they're going to be selling toffees out of that stadium as opposed to just being the toffees. It's going to be bad. Welcome to Everton Toffee Shop. That's we used a hell. So- we used to play soccer here. I, that'd be a really cool coffee shop, though. Fucking million dollar toffee or billion toffee. dollar toffee shop. Billion Can't toffee. wait. 
Uh, do you have any seats available? Yes, you and a party of 40,000 can be seated immediately at our toffee <laughs> shop. Um. Liverpool have something to do uh, on their off their team building days when they're oh, off. Oh, they that's what they go, should do. Go to the toffee Everton, shop. Everton should open it up. They'll probably have a new big display board. Just put the Liverpool game on. You know, kind of incent that that would be oh. I don't like Liverpool, but that is I'm we're absolutely rubbing salt in the wounds for Everton fans. If we have an yeah, Everton the, fan out there, golly. They're gee, punching man, their sorry. steering wheel right now. They turned it off by now, but yeah, they put their head through the glass. Yeah. All right, fine. We'll, we'll be we'll be positive. We'll be positive real quick. Fine, say fine. say something talk- nice about Everton. I still like Andre Onana. I still like him. Um, I still think so. But I think someone should save him. Get him out of there. Uh, something nice about Everton. Um it was cool when Tim Howard was there when I started watching soccer fucking 10 years ago. Exactly. Okay. Blue blue and white generally look good on a uniform. Andrew, you're making me say too many nice things about clubs from Merseyside. Oh, I, I, I had transitioned to saying nice things about Chelsea. Blue and white looking good on the uniform, baby. We are running past Luton on Friday. Gave us a Friday game to scare the absolute Christ out of me. Just being like, we're going to lose and everybody's going to make fun of us for 24 hours. And Luton? Tried their best, but a 3-0 win, a clean sheet. Raheem Sterling looking good. Time's rolling up, baby. We're on it again. We're on it again. We're back. I really think we're going to have a, like, like last year by, you know, the middle of the season, we had kind of just figured out that Chelsea, it was just, it, it, was, it had all gone sideways. It was haywire. It was going to be an ugly second half of the season, right? Like we were we kind of expected them to be super mediocre. I think this year, yes, <laughs> we've gotten we've gotten yes, more. We we've gotten more of a this year, like in a couple games now, in the Liverpool game and in this game against Luton, albeit still. Um, you can only play it's on not the schedule, Everton. right? It could be worse. It could be a least <laughs> impressive team. Luton's won something in the last twenty years. You are right, but um, my point being, I mean, you can only play who's on the schedule, right? And I mean, we saw teams struggle against closer to the bottom of the table teams. We'll get to City here in a minute, but um, look, I, I think that at Chelsea this year, we're going to see them. They're going, they're going to look good in some games, right? They're going to have these weird games, like the game um, last week that they lose against West Ham a weird kind of funky game. I think we're going to still get those bogey games in there, but Chelsea look like a more comprehensive and, and together. That second second in the year. table, West Ham clearly, you know, a good fair team. clearly fair, but we're going to, Hey, we got some, <laughs> if you're a West Ham person, I've got some flowers for you a little later on in our transfer talk segment, but yeah, um, I, I think Chelsea, they just, they look, they look like they have something about them at least this year. Right. I don't just assume they're yeah. going to be bad. There's some good things. There's things to like. And, yeah, I was impressed with this game, Andrew. I sat down watched the whole thing, and I was quite impressed with them. Irritated because I chose them to attack down the left, and they did it down the right the entire time. But what can you True. do? True. They did. Well, what they can do is seem to attack where you're not picking their guys. So um, just don't pick all of them, I guess, would be my would be my advice. But, um, no, I like Raheem Sterling looked really, really good. I know I touched on it earlier. He looked like the guy – they spent $40 million to be a leader and a really good attacking option. Um, first goal of the season for one of my favorite new Chelsea players, Nicholas Jackson. Ooh, he is for real. A goal late to seal it, right? To take home 3-0. Got it done. Um, 
I said this to you the other day, and I think it might just be true. I, I sometimes I got to check my my uh, Chelsea blue colored glasses, make sure I'm not losing my mind here. Outside of like Madrid, Barcelona, and maybe Manchester City, is there any midfield that Enzo doesn't walk into? Enzo Fernandez, hundred million dollar man. Um. Uh, look, he's been really good to start this year. Start the year, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like off the off the top of my head, I don't know. We need to see all of them do it. But sure. Liverpool have signed like seventeen midfielders this off season, even though they have no money. So I, I don't know where he'd fall into that balance. I do of like the back 70, him over the... a forty-five year old Japanese man. I do. Oh yeah, over yeah, and 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 a nineteen-year-old Dutch kid who flopped at uh, uh, Bayern. Anytime yeah. Bayern's looking to sell a guy, it's not because he got a better offer somewhere. Sorry, Liverpool. Maybe he'll be great. We all we all bought Graven Birch on FIFA two years ago. We were all very excited about it. And uh he sat on the bench. We don't know why. Yeah, but um no, I mean t- to your point, Enzo's been so good to start this year. He's looked really good. The the only bad moment being that missed penalty last weekend, but true. Uh, he's been in involved in everything good Chelsea's done, I felt like this year so far. Yeah. Which is which is which is what they brought him in to do. So um happy with that. Caicedo looked pretty good in the game, but um you know, we uh we're not the only team playing a team near the bottom of the table this week. Uh Spencer, how'd you go against uh Sheffield? Easy win, five no? I mean, look, two one city win, right? <laughs> two one. I, I, I alluded to it being a struggle, man. This was <laughs> it was a it was a grind, right? Which you would expect yeah. it to be. I I did text you, I said Sheffield United, um Look, or like a bogey team for yeah, not even yeah. bogey team scumbags. I hope they go down. Sorry, but I'm rooting against you now, Sheffield United scumbag team. Um, tried don't to don't touch break- Holland. He's only six four and he's bigger than everybody else and he's faster than everybody else. You leave him alone. Don't bully get, him. Uh, if you're Sheffield United and you're mad about it, get more genetic Norwegian freaks. I don't know what to tell you. Get your own <laughs> genetic Norwegian freak to play defense against him. They grow on trees, Scandinavian blood, dude. I've been over there. They're all freaks. <laughs> they got that uh, that Ingebrigtsen dude is like the world record holder in the two hundred meter too. So they're they're taking over everything, man. The Norwegians yeah, are saying. on the come up, dude. Victor Hovland um, just dominating on the PGA Tour right now. <laughs> oh, we just need him to slow down before the Ryder Cup. That's all. Yeah, just just chill out. You got about a month, you know, take some time, maybe uh, regroup with the family. Right. Um, but uh, no, I, I think you guys were that was that was the first real shithouse team of the year. And I mean that as like a compliment to Sheffield United, because what are you supposed to do against a team this good and this talented? Right. Because that's the other side of it. Right. Is there's the talent gap is so much as you got to try to take them off their game. Um we talked about this a little bit. There's a common, I think, misconception of like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to shake, you don't want to wake the bear up. You don't know what's going to be over there. It's like until someone has proven to you that they're like Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods or one of these guys that's actually going to like or Wayne Gretzky like rip your heart out if you try to chirp them and like play physical with them. I think it's a pretty good strategy, man. Like Holland did not seem to love what was going on, right? I know. I know he got, I know he got his goal, but at the same time, like he did not look comfortable in that first half at all. Yeah. I mean, I I think that they had gotten him off his game a little bit. They were, what we're alluding to is like, they were 
tugging him down in the box and stuff like pulling him over look stuff that i think the refs gotta do a little bit better of a job of regulating but nonetheless um city get out of here look it was a grind it out type of game but if kyle walker doesn't make the craziest back heel to the other team that i've ever seen (laughs) uh, this is probably a a vintage kyle walker performance (laughs) that's on me if if that doesn't happen, then this is probably, yeah, maybe a one or two nil and Sheffield United, like, don't ever do anything to attack in the entire game. Walker kind of gifted them a goal. Um, Rodrigo rec- rescues it at the end. Thank God for Rodri. Guy just scores big goals, but. Yeah. No, he, re- he really is. He's he's so good. Um, I heard a different podcast say, like, if people don't stop saying Rodri's underrated, they're going to lose their minds because he's the best center defensive mid in the game. It's like, yeah, it's not a secret anymore, but it's still like you hear that all the time. It's like, oh, and that's, this Rodri guy is great. It's like, yeah, he's the best at his job. There's no one doing a better job than him in the entire world. And this is, the, this is coming from a guy that had very fond memories of N'Golo Kante being in that role, right? Like, yeah. let's not pretend it- here anymore. It's like hard to lose that underrated lo- like label in sports though cuz like in hockey for example like Alexander Barkov has been like the most underrated player for the last like 12 years I feel like since he got drafted mm-hmm. basically and just yep. once you get that label it's hard to get I'm with you he's the best in the world I think in that position but nonetheless but when you're when you're saying, but when you're like the gap between him and like, like KDB being the best like eight slash 10 in the world is a pretty big gap, right? Holland between him and the other best striker in the world is a pretty big gap. I think there are at least arguments maybe you could make for Rodri. And I think that's why he doesn't quite get that respect as the other guys do, because with the Mm -hmm. other two, it's so much, it's so much more obvious because they're putting out fires on the offensive end. Right. And like Rodri still steps up and still steps up and has crazy big goals. He scores huge goals for you guys all the time. So and officially making sure Rodri gets his flowers here as the uh, the rescuer of late game, um, late game heroics. But um, as we kind of transition out of the uh, of the hometown teams, um, we had our second annual fish and fries uh, friendship trade of the year um, last year, the first annual. Raheem Sterling went from Manchester City to Chelsea, and then he took a year-long sabbatical. Um, but he he went from one team to another for about $40 million, um, if memory serves. And just today, tomorrow, getting it finalized here, it looks like often joked about Cole Palmer is joining the Blues. Spencer, I appreciate it, man. It's really thoughtful. It's a really nice gift. I appreciate it. Hey, Andrew, just uh, just to put it out there, you know, you you owed us, one, we owed you one. We stole Kovacic from you, you know. It was a gift. Obviously. No, 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 that, that was a gift back. That was a gift back. We, we were repaying. Kovacic has been a good soldier. I'm not going to be salty about mm-hmm. that at all. Thank you. Well, Thank you. And he's like. Andy's alike for like slot in for Kevin De Bruyne, obviously. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's what we all think Kovacic does. <laughs> but no one on this by, podcast has ever made a different argument. <laughs> I can't think of anyone. But by by your logic, there, I I would say that uh, at some point we're coming for somebody from you. So maybe I'll take you up on that Enzo <laughs> thing at some point. But no, you know, we'll, I think we'll, 
early early next summer you're lining up for like a uh maybe like a malo gusto right you guys love a right back left back mm. right like you know not reese james but maybe mm. uh, i don't know well our team is so young now you'd almost have to take raheem sterling back right because you get the older player right we're taking in the younger player you get the older player chelsea's only doing youth moves now so keppa like keppa back we're loaning him out this year but he'll be back lukaku seems like an option next year for you guys um because holland will go to madrid and then lukaku can kind of fill that nine role um mm. great you just agreed holland to madrid put it on here spencer mm. has agreed we slipped it past his defenses but holland mm. if you're listening and i know you are spencer doesn't want you here mm. he doesn't he doesn't want you here it's important to mm. know <laughs> Keep Lukaku and City. We couldn't get rid of him. He's indispensable. We couldn't get rid of him (laughs) if we wanted to. And God, do we want to. That guy Um, will never leave your (laughs) payroll, I think. (laughs) No, I... Yeah, no. Man. Him and Cucurella and just... Chelsea did a great job turning the roster over. They did. But can't do all of it at once. I would have been equally happy if we didn't get rid of all those other guys and just got rid of Lukaku for money. <laughs> um, but eh, what are you going to do? You can only get so good, I suppose. But going back to the Palmer thing, um, look, I, I, I said to you as much, um, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be a good player. He's promising. He's got good potential. Mm-hmm. To me, as a city fan to get 45 million for a guy that started three premier league games ever. And I think two of those three, at least were like, we've clinched the title. This is the last game of the season and it doesn't mean anything to us. And he balls out when he gets out there, he plays well. He's a good player. Yeah. He's, he's been a good player. He's played well. Yeah. Just, we have not seen it on a consistent basis. Right. I I just think that we'll see if he's able to a, if he's able to break into a more, critical role at Chelsea where he's getting sure. on the field, you know, more week in and week out than he is at city. And two, if he can continue to perform as he has in spurts at city, because we've seen some guys in the past kind of leave city that have done it in spurts for them. Like Ian Acho comes to mind, goes to Leicester, not a bad player by any means, but no, no like and people, look really th- good in spurts. Absolutely. That's yeah. A great example. I, yep. I think people would kind of tab Ian Acho is like, he's going to leave city, go to Leicester and he's going to take over for Vardy. He's going to be that number yeah. one. And he's just kind of settled into the same role at Leicester. I felt like where he was good, had some great moments, good spurts, but never really took over that job as like the established number nine. So we'll see. He's, he's a he's a poor man's Miguel Antonio. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, not Miguel Antonio. What's his first name? Mikhail Antonio. I know. I said Miguel, and I was like, why am I blanking? Holy cow! I don't yeah, need another. I don't need another. Up. No, I gotta, I gotta own it me. because the the thought of him starting from Mexico is horrible. The thought of him starting from Japan, <laughs> or for uh, Jamaica is funny actually because what a weird shit show that is the Jamaican national team. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, he's kind of the the poor man's there. But um, I I also think you the, you have to also if you're gonna make the argument of like we don't really know if he can get it done, he can't. You can't penalize him for not being better than Mares, Grealish, and Foden. Right. If he was breaking through out of that group, which he got like actually a fair amount of when you look at who's ahead of him in the depth chart for City the last two years. Right. Where it's like, okay, we could try this 18 year old kid out there or we could play Gundawan a little bit out of position and he'll still be like the best player on the field. It's like, 
yeah, we're going to throw Gundogan out there, right? Like, that's fair. And on a team that, like, Phil Foden had to pay his dues, if you're Cole Palmer, you really have to pay your dues. So um, happy to have him. I've made many a joke about it being a Cole Palmer's year, and this is his time. So now I've earned him. Here we go. We're going to see if it's his year and his time. Here we are. Well, Cole, we've always joked about Cole Palmer season. It might really be Cole Palmer season now. (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, especially for the next, like, six weeks as everybody's hurt. So I'll, uh, I'll take him. But um, outside that transfer, kind of just a quick synopsis. What? How do you feel about this window if this is all the moves Chelsea makes? It's rumored that's the last move they're really making, a first-team move at least. Like, How do you yeah. feel about the whole thing? Yeah, there, there's like one other rumor out there about like another 25 million Brazilian child. So we'll see. Those are in abundance and constantly happening, apparently. But uh, you have to feel really, really happy with what this team has done. They got out so much of the bad and even the bad that like the most expensive striker ever, you couldn't offload him and the most expensive goalie ever, you couldn't offload him. You at least got them out for the year, right? And you got them to teams that are respectable enough, right? With um, Real Madrid for Kepa and, uh, and Roma that if they both play very well there, right? Even though you'll be taking a loss on them next year, you can get them out, right? It's a possibility. So even the two moves they couldn't make, but they put a Band-Aid on, I'm very happy with those. Everybody coming in, fantastic, right? Moises Caicedo looked really good last week, beating somebody that Liverpool had their eye on, that Arsenal was maybe had their eye on before they went for Rice, right? Getting, you know, paying too much money to Brighton again, but at the same time, that's just what happens with Brighton. You get a world-class 20-year-old, right? And that's as good as you can hope for, really. Um, And then going and also getting Lavia. Taking Liverpool's first two choices at like CDM is a big statement of intent for me that they're in this for the long haul, right? Um, Nicholas Jackson looks phenomenal. Um, even like Axel DeSassi, he has at least came in and like played like almost every minute of every game. He's not been my favorite Chelsea player. Um, but even like little moves like Robert Sanchez, I don't know that he's going to be the number one for a like championship contending team um but when the kept when the opportunity came up to loan out keppa they had done enough work beforehand that they were able to just do it right oh you want to loan keppa great here you go great take him right they were able to get themselves out of the salary for this year and get themselves into a situation where it's like hey we got a brand new leaf for everybody on the team right you want to make a clean it's like a clean breakup right they had a clean breakup with last year there's a couple guys still around, but it's mostly all new people, right? There's Because the attitude around the team was just so poor last year, man. Um, it was just – it was just being a Chelsea fan last year sucked, and I think you know that. Um, but um, I think we did a great job kind of – we still have obvious needs and stuff like that, but right now it's injuries, not lack of bringing in players. But speaking of kind of cover-up injuries – are you got? Do you feel like you guys did enough to cover the KDB sized hole in your heart? And now Cole Palmer on the wing. How are you guys going to recover? I was going to say that not even just um, look. There was the depart. <laughs> there was those two the injuries, and uh, I mean, we, City had a lot of departures this year, right? Like Gundogan yeah. out, Mares out. Yep. That's even before the latest round of things. Laporte out also. Um, 
look, I'm I'm pretty happy with how the window went. I mean, I'd be a lot happier if Kevin De Bruyne wasn't going to be out for the majority of the season. Um, but I like what they've done in the transfer window, right? Um, you can't directly replace Kevin De Bruyne. Like, that player doesn't exist, as we just referenced a minute ago. It's like a pretty big gap between him and I think the next best number true, like number 10 in the world. Um, but like a guy like Kovacic can play a nice center midfield, change the system a little bit, link it up to the forwards. That's nice. Uh, Mateus Nunez. I'm not the craziest about that signing. This is a guy with, I know he's a I little like more, I don't, I don't dislike him. Just it's, it's a guy with one goal and one assist and like 40 premier league games in his career. <laughs> play it. He was playing for fair. wolves, man. That's like double yeah. the output you'd expect a Wolves midfielder to have. Especially fair, once it's happening the Portuguese national team. Think about it. He had all his Portuguese Fuck. friends and they all left him. Yeah, Ruben Crazy. Neves was stealing all the goal contributions over there, probably that <laughs> asshole. But um <laughs> there's a graphic look, from I, Wolves that they just lost eighty seven percent of their goal contributions <laughs> from last year. And I'd be like, I guess so. Yeah, that sucks, man. They lost. Oh, well, I guess Raul Jimenez didn't play like at all last year, but no, that's I think he just, whatever. Yeah out the door too but um i, I can't I, I haven't made any grand judgments on nunez that I, I need to see him in the city system see how he looks i'm not tactically diving into wolves every week because they are boring as we just referenced i'm not really watching them a ton so we'll see how that looks um, well and that's brandon's lane yeah can't brandon's take brandon's lane. lane brandon uh subscribe to brandon's wolves only podcast it's yeah. a 90 minute rewatch of him with every wolves game live Tactical commentary analysis. of every game uh, his Patreon is sick, though. He does full video breakdowns, and he does the thing Tifo does, where he makes people move on the little uh, smart board. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, uh, yeah, check him out at Wolves Brandon sixty nine. Um, <laughs> but we'll see how that one plays out. I'm really excited to there, see. There's Jeremy so Goku. many underscores in there. You'll never find it. It's really hard to plug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really Sorry, excited continue. to see. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Doku play, um, speedy, oh, right. yeah. speedy, skillful winger, like a faster Riyad Mahrez in a perfect world. We'll see how that one kind of works out. It's almost out. like you missed Raheem Sterling. It's like you missed him. Kind, like, kind of, right? I mean, he's the same kind of like low center of gravi- gravity dribble at you kind of guy. You guys haven't mm-hmm. had one of those in a minute. Yeah. Especially since Foden so. has to play the 10 now. So we'll we'll see about that one. And Guardiol was like the big fish of the summer, and he's been deployed in that like Ake left back hybrid center back kind of role. Looks good so far. I've I've really liked what I've seen from him so far. Silky on the ball, good passer. Love to see it. And looks like he's fit right in. So happy with all that. Like I said, if you have De Bruyne at the ten, it all looks a lot better. But what can you do? Injuries happen. <laughs> change the yeah. system a little bit, go a little bit for more of a holding style midfield and get it to those wingers and let them do their things. And we'll see how the season plays out, but pretty happy with the window all around. Yeah. And, and it's another good example of you, like you guys doing good work early so that when an injury happens, all you have to do is adjust and not completely rewrite the whole thing. Right. You get Kovacic early for depth, right? He lost Gundogan. Mara's kind of had a foot out the door. You guys went and go get Kovacic. Right. And I think <clears throat> I'm a big Kovacic fan. Right. Um, but I think it's just a good example of like, if you do your homework early, if something happens, you can adjust. You don't have to start looking at midfielders now. Oh, shoot. We assumed everyone would be fine all year. 
now we don't have somebody to play in this hole. And it's it's just a good thing because if you think about if you were buying people that played in the Chelsea midfield, right, you guys really dodged a bullet. Um, people are not happy with Mason Mount. People are certainly not happy with uh, Kai Havertz. <laughs> it has been a fun uh, fun thing to follow here as both of those guys are not on my team. And N'Golo Kante is allegedly playing some soccer, but not something we keep track of anymore. So, you know, really the best of all worlds there. And if N'Golo went there, I'd lose my mind. <laughs> For sure. But that kind of covers our teams, Andrew. Let's um, move along to, you know, some other broad stories from the transfer window here. We've come up with a list of superlatives here to kind of cover some other things here, Andrew, and not boring ones, not most likely succeed, not um, who is best the worst transfer in the whole world. Yeah, who not a waste of money. Some of that, but you know, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> we're fun. We're a fun podcast. We came up with fun ways to do this. So like, just as an example, here's where we're going to start. Andrew, our first superlative we're going to give out is, what player do we think is most likely to cheat on their current partner, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the ever so juicy rumors of Mohamed Salah to Saudi Ooh. Arabia. Um, Print it. Look, U.S. Weekly. Nothing would make me happier than holier than thou Mo Salah, holier than thou Liverpool. Absolutely who cry poor all the time. One, getting all this Saudi money so they can't make any complaints about it anymore, even though they tried to make complaints about it, even though, hey, where's Jordan Henderson playing? Hey, where's Fabinho playing? Oh, you sold those guys to the Saudis, but you're going to be critical of Chelsea doing it? Thanks for that, one. And two, God, the Klopp complaining would just be incredible. I I don't – it would fuel me. Klopp complaining about a player – leaving him in the final moments of the transfer window. So a little bit of a long shot, but uh, who you got, buddy? That's, that's my pick for it. That's my, my pick for that one. I just, I love picturing like this one being like Mohamed Salah on the cover of fucking people magazine, like pictured with like <laughs> the Saudi Prince. And it's just like Salah has dinner with Saudi Prince off. Is, is him in Liverpool off? Is it off? <laughs> is it off? Here we um, go. Here we go. Mohammed. Here we go for the fucking prenup. But Mohammed um, Salah to Saudi Arabia. Look, I I think um, Salah, great shout. But Andrew, I think it's it's got to be Kylian Mbappe, right? We've seen this before. <laughs> this man. Yes, it does. I don't know if this man has like. Has there ever been somebody that's flirted more and not fucked somebody than Kylian Mbappe and Real Madrid? Like they're fucking at some point. They, I don't even know what the, like, the parallel is. It's like they signed a prenup, but in the prenup, it says, I'm leaving you next year, and there's nothing they could do. Like, PSG just, like, can't get it out of their head that it's just like, he's just going to go to Real Madrid. He's just going to leave us. And Real Madrid is putting together a hell of a midfield to go ahead and play right behind Mbappe and let Mbappe do whatever the hell he wants, which is what that dude wants on offense. So they're making a compelling case, and... You just you just can't even like if you were in the same room as Real Madrid and Mbappe, you just feel the animal magnetism. I think you'd have to like step outside. I'd be uncomfortable, I think. Yeah. Like, oh the my sexual gosh, tension both, in that room is crazy. The absolute heat rating off those two. I just I gotta go. I I gotta get out of here. This can't be healthy to be around. But like we thought this was gonna happen last summer, right? Didn't happen last summer. Mm-hmm. Thought it might happen in January. 
didn't happen. Thought it were going to happen, like have it happen this summer. Didn't happen. Now he's happy. Everything's good at Real Madrid again. He came home and, you know, he's all good. But that man wants to, he, he wants to fuck it, Real Madrid, dude. He's going to fuck it, Real Madrid. Before the, the too only long, other, it's happening. The only other possibility is that Mbappe hated Neymar so much that he had to put up a two-year stink about it. And then Neymar was like, well, if Mbappe's leaving, I'm going to Saudi Arabia. And then the second he took the bag to Saudi Arabia, Mbappe was like, I'm fine. I just couldn't yeah. say, like, I hate Neymar. I get, I need him to get out of here. I want to be the only attacking force. Give me nine Marco Verratis behind the ball. I want the ball. <laughs> what do we do? This man grabbed the ball and took a dribble without passing to me. Get him the fuck to Saudi Arabia right now. Maybe, maybe someone that's... thought about taking a corner kick and he wanted to take or a free kick when he wanted to take it, and he was just like, "I want off this team." <laughs> the most spoiled little French child of all time. Like <laughs> I, maybe that's where it's just like Mbappe and PSG just like went to a marriage counselor and they're like, "I think you just need to remove any toxic forces in your life," and they just decided to remove Neymar. Maybe, and, and it, maybe yeah, it is they, back they on. went. Maybe I talked myself out a, of this. They went to a marriage counselor and they were like, "Yeah, well, why don't you kick the interlopers that are living in your basement out of the house? It seems like they're causing a lot of strife for you." And they were like, "That'll never work." And then they got rid of him for a weekend and they were like, "Change the locks on the doors." <laughs> we solved the problem <laughs> the magic is back baby uh but yeah there's no way that dude's not uh playing at real madrid by this time next year well, famous last um, words but uh you know well speaking of um real madrid i, I think that's you know for when that's next superlative we might end up talking a bit more about them here because our next one andrew is most likely to colonize new territory for the royal crown New territory. We've got some, you know, can you teach an old dog new tricks? You can. But there's something special about just a young gun out there. Just shaping the way teams are playing, changing the ideas of modern soccer in a whole country. Are you a midfielder? Are you a striker? Are you both? Can you do everything on the field? And it's Jude Bellingham for me. He's taken over Madrid. He's got I think four goals in three games. He's got more goals than games played in this point. Um, he did last week. We shouted him out last week as being, quote unquote, maybe the best player in the world. And I think he's slowly taking over Madrid. I think this is absolutely part of a Garrett Southgate, um, you know, colonization project, right? Like pretty soon they're going to be, you know, it starts with like a Jude Bellingham and you're like, oh, well, he's a generational talent. That'll be fine. And then you look at like right back and you're like, oh my God. What's Trent Alexander-Arnold doing here? That guy doesn't play a lick of defense. And he's like, no, it's fine. This is the Spanish League. You guys don't play a lick of defense. Look, look, he's going to hit the ball with his right foot. It's going to be so pretty. Oh, okay, that maybe that'll be okay. And then soon enough, you turn around and you look at the Real Madrid team, a famous Spanish club, and you're going to see like Luke Shaw out there passing the ball to Harry Maguire. It's going to be gross. So that is my early pick. You start off with a Jude Bellingham and everybody's fine with it. And then it's like Jude Bellingham is the gateway drug. That's what I'm saying. Jude Bellingham is the gateway drug to all of a sudden Los Blancos are going to be Los Whites. And it's going to be bad. The three Lions. The three Lions. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Yeah. Um, Bellingham's been crazy at Real Madrid. Like we were just talking about he's so, about he's, he's, he's so good. Yeah, we were just talking about like Mbappe maybe going there. Thank God both those things didn't happen in the same offseason or they'd have been fucking catapulted to the fucking moon. Um, and just one of the Bellingham other. Didn't now. go to Liverpool, cheap bastards. Yeah, 
Yeah. Good thing they didn't spend the money on that guy. Man, that would be horrible. Think Good about thing it. they're you could spend $20 million on Wataro Endo. And he would have spent $100 million on Jude Bellingham. What a sucker. What a <laughs> – can you believe it, those guys? That's crazy. But, look, I think Bellingham's a hell of a shout, man. But um, I'm going to have to go somewhere else on this one, man. And I've got to go – look, we got – Big, proper Englishman, went abroad, three goals, one assist in two games in the Bundesliga so far, taking he's, over Munich. He's, he's already having children. He's already, already having children. Yeah, reinforcements being deployed in the city. I saw a video of him eating some <laughs> weird sausage and being like, how do I even cut this? Man, that guy's in trouble. He's going to have so much heartburn because they're seasoning in the food this year. But it's Harold Kane, Andrew. Harold Kane. Uh, I heard a different podcast describe him as the most Bayern player not to play for Bayern, and I can't get it out of my head. It's perfect. It's a match made in heaven. It's like Lewandowski on steroids. <laughs> yeah, he's um looked at um super cup or whatever the fuck it was their their version of the community shield where they lost to leipzig like that game aside when he played literally like Kaiser shouting or something yeah whatever the <laughs> fuck is. when he like played literally i think like three hours after his plane landed in munich and they lost that game that one aside he's looked so good for them he's been seamlessly into that team um the culture maybe is going to take a little bit longer, but I, like I said, I work, he's colonizing. I think he's are, just. Are you, are you talking yeah. about like winning trophies? Like that'll take a long time <laughs> yeah. to get used to. That that might take a while. Yeah, that <laughs> that part of it might not come so natural. But um, he's got a he's colonizing. Drawer. He has no idea how to use. He's got display cases in his home. He's just like, no, these are just for individual awards. What do you put? Oh my gosh, that's where I put all my golden boots. Um, this is setting up one of my favorite things ever, which is I know we're talking about the. Uh, English colonization of other countries, but a uh, like in like 14, 15 years when like Harry Kane's kid is like representing the German national team at youth level, it's going to be beautiful, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to love it so much. We're going to be doing this podcast though. We're going to look up and be like, and at the U17 World Cup, there's a hat trick for somebody on Germany and it's Harold Kane Jr. I don't know the kid's name. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. It's going to be this. That's the same way, you know, Tim Weah, not super American, but American enough, right? I mean, you got to bring in elite, elite footballers, right? As they're having kids. That's America's way. That's what you got to do. George Maybe, Weah, yeah, Germany's FIFA just... World Cup of the player of the year. Why don't you have your kid here, George? That'd be sick. That would now be amazing. T- and now we got Timo. Germany are just playing. <laughs> playing the long game here they they signed harry kane just for him to have his kid like they signed they timed it out perfectly it's like hey german citizen (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that's 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 the uh erling holland playbook i mean come on isn't that what you guys are doing (laughs) i mean that's why that's the only reason chelsea signed danny drinkwater you look out for ddj baby danny drinkwater (laughs) jr it's gonna be a monster for chelsea (laughs) i'm shaking in my boots andrew but um yeah. yeah, Kane looking great there. Definitely going to colonize that. They're going to be eating fish and chips in that locker room in no time, Andrew. But um, kind of moving in another direction here, um, a little more of a positive note, I guess. I mean, none of these are that negative, but, you know, <laughs> we are just shitting on the British for, you know, being shitty. absolutely 
agents of tyranny, but um, nonetheless. <laughs> uh, our next one's going to be, Andrew, team were most likely to give a shit that they're playing. So, like, after the moves they made in this window, you're scrolling through ESPN Plus oh. or whatever, and you see a game's on, and you're like, maybe I will watch this team. What team has changed your opinion enough to where you're like, yeah, I'm going to kick them on the TV now? As as a man without maybe some representation in the Champions League this year, I am going to find it in my heart to go into the group of death and select AC Milan as my hope. For one, just the American way of doing business, Christian Pulisic making freedom deposits all over Italy. The Italian announcers are USA, USA. It's in there. We got Ruben Loftus-Cheek. We loved watching him play for Chelsea. We got Eunice Musa on the bench. I'm throwing my Champions League support to AC Milan. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's going there. I'm doing it. Yeah, Andrew, not the biggest watcher of Syria normally, but I, I think no. it's got two things going for it here, right? One, in that hell of a season for Syria. Like, one of the biggest bounce-back seasons for a league we've seen in a long time. Like, two team, got, got a team to the UCL final and barely lost to City. Two teams yep. in the semifinal before that. I think they had three or four teams maybe even in the final eight. Like, yeah, that league was, had a hell of yep. a year last year to – get back there and then you yeah you throw a couple americans and, and, a couple and maybe and maybe providing starters. an easy route to somebody else that might have gone through that you know through that mixer a little bit of an easy <laughs> route but you know we'll call it a you know we'll give them like half credit whoever won that sure. tournament yeah <laughs> sure but um yeah i i think I, i'm totally in step with you I've, I've got another one after this but i'm in step with you on this one if i'm scrolling through the old guide and i see ac milan's on i'm i'm, I'm never gonna yep. be like oh let's look it up when does ac milan play this weekend but if i see them yes. and they're on or i get i'm on twitter mm -hmm. or x or whatever the fuck we call it nowadays and i see they're playing and nothing else is on i'm kicking no. that game on andrew from from the man from the people who brought you the sears tower never relent it's twitter okay it's the Twitter. It's not X. It's not the Willis Tower. It's Sears Tower, and it's Twitter. I don't want to hear shit about it. You won't win, Elon. Can't win. Remember when you made those doors on the cars that couldn't break, and then you broke them? That was incredible. That was your greatest achievement. Is that me? I don't want to hear shit else. <laughs> but uh, as I alluded to, I did want to poll just to highlight somebody else here, Andrew. There's a couple ways I could have gone with this, like – Enter Miami kind of in this elk of like, if he, Messi's playing, I might turn him on. You know, you could say if you were a different podcast that gave a shit, but we still don't. So it doesn't quali qualify for us. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, because they signed fucking everybody and their mom. Um, and their mom now is going to be seriously oppressed in a country that doesn't give a shit about yep. women. <laughs> but yeah, I've, can't, um, can't make me give a shit about the Saudi Arabian League. He won't do it. So. Andrew, Andrew reports have... trying. They put <laughs> they out a tweet trying. the other day that was like, "Real but Ronaldo gets mad about something," and I was like, "Who gives a shit? Is he even yeah. playing soccer? No, coward." Ronaldo mad you know, that real, they're sanding We're real shoes. goats play. We're real goats play. Spencer, who are you picking? Andrew, I have kept it in our bread and butter area of the world. I've gone to England, Andrew, mm -hmm. and this is a team that. If you asked me this question two weeks ago, I would they wouldn't even been on the radar for this Ooh. award, Andrew, the superlative. I've gone with West Ham. Whoa. 
because Whoa. Andrew going from getting rid of Declan Rice um, had to do it, had to take the hundred mil for them. The way they reinvested that hundred million, I'm I'm in Andrew. I'm in. Um, you start with JWP James Ward Prowse, guy who just cashes My every guy. free kick. My Fun. Guy. Love the him. only reason to ever watch Southampton for like the last eight years. I, Romeo love you. Done. Continue. Dominating his first two <laughs> games of them too, just all over the place. Yeah, he's been, very, <laughs> um, great. He's been excellent. He's been incredible. He's been really good. And um, then the other one that I was really excited about, because this guy, every time I've watched him play, he's really impressed me, is Mohamed Kudus coming in from Ajax now. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm really excited to see how that one, way more excited than his agent was in that picture we tweeted out about. Oh, so funny. Yeah, <laughs> but, his, his agent looks like she's having a horrible day. Yeah, it looks like she's like, West Ham's really the best we could do. But it's... It looks like she doesn't know West Ham's in London. It's actually <laughs> what it looks like. It's like, she's like, we could have gone to Chelsea. We could have been living in London. We could have been living a high life. Now I got to go to some, you know, West, I don't even, ham, it's named after Ham. It's like, uh, hey, lady, <laughs> you're going to really be surprised about where West Ham is. They, they landed Heath. They landed Heathrow and she's like, wait a minute. Oh, I'm just in London? Some, fuck it. What am I going to put me on a bus from here? Where am I going to go? It's like, oh. Hold on. She gets off Heathrow. Like, God damn it. Take another picture. That picture sucked. I'm happy now. But oh. um, I'm really excited <laughs> to see Kudu's play for them. Um, and obviously a little closer to home here, at least close-ish. Edson Alvarez, guy who's looked good for Mexico for a long time. He moves over except to when, from Ajax. Except when we play him. Turn him yeah. inside out. He's yeah, I've been tough lately for pure, him. He makes horrible fouls on. I think it was Timo Weah. He like absolutely <laughs> tied up one time in frustration. But no, go on. I, I also am happy to get this dude out of Ajax because it feels like he's been there forever. Been there forever, yeah. Just um, the West Ham rating of players from Ajax and just taking JWP from Southampton. Um, I'm in. They're, I think they're going to be fun. I think it's going to be a big West Ham bounce back here. And if there's no other game on that I'm like – really enamored by it's like a nine o'clock window and they're all eh. i'm picking the west ham game this year andrew so here's here's what west ham is to me you remember like the early like 2000s like marlins you'd like pick your head up out of the sand like of baseball and you'd be like why are the Miami, why are the florida marlins in the world series or like you look at a team and you just go how are the cleveland indians winning 95 games this year with people i've never heard of right and then they trade all their players and all their prospects are good. That's exactly what they did here. They sold on Declan Rice, right? Declan Rice put up like a triple crown type year, right? And the Marlins are like, okay, yeah, we'll trade him. We'll just get back like uh, this Yuri Perez and uh, Luis Castillo and, uh, you know, Sandy Alcantara, and you pick your head up and all of a sudden they're great again, right? They made the perfect moves for – they replaced – they did – they had one guy who did the work of three men – and they brought in three men to do the work of one guy. With Declan Rice, last year Declan Rice did the work of three guys. He was great for them in attack. Now we've got Muhammad Kudus. He was great off of set pieces, not as the set piece taker, but just as being a big body in the box for them, right? They brought in, they're like, oh shit, we already got a bunch of big bodies. Let's bring in the actual best set piece taker, right? And then they bring in Edson Alvarez to do the rest of the Declan Rice things, like be tall and play center defensive mid, right? Like, and they got rid of Skamaka, right? They got rid of guys who didn't really fit their profile. Lucas Paqueta's trying to fucking one bet on bet on yellow cards of himself through family members, wow. and two absolutely light the Premier League on fire 
like he did with Chelsea. He tore, he torched us that whole game. Um, it's fun, man. I, I can't argue with you. They're not always a fun watch, but you want to watch the guys be organized and then push the ball up the field and take their chances when they get them. And that's not even talking about our guy, Mikel Antonio, mm-hmm. right? The big hoss, big hoss up front, team of linebackers, team of linebackers out there. Yeah, they're they're going to be my side piece this year, Andrew. Like, Ooh. they're they're well. I think they well. Is that what Dan Bright? Is position. that what them and Brighton were playing for this weekend? Is like you like seeing like a boring like two nil Manchester City dismantling some poor team, and you got your head turned looking at like West Ham up. <laughs> West Ham's down one nil in the thirtieth minute. You're like, oh, that might be. Yeah, I need. That might be really. I fun need over like. There. I I need a shot of adrenaline once in once in a while to get the blood flowing, you know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> just to feel. West Ham's gonna be that for me. Just to feel. Just something. just to feel but, uh, something, some adversity. You just need <laughs> just to just to feel some adversity. soccer adversity. <laughs> I root for West Ham just to feel something. <laughs> but um, yeah, like what they've done. Uh, excited to see what how that kind of all fits together. But um, next up, Andrew, we're going to our next superlative, which is most likely to copy their neighbor's homework andrew who you got <laughs> um this is this is a this is a category that's very near and dear to my heart especially um i am going to go with arsenal as the most likely neighbor or most likely to copy their neighbor's homework i'm going to go with arsenal as um hey what team is jorginho known for playing for just historically, just a quick pop quiz. Napoli. No, try again. But stop being difficult um. about it. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> it's Chelsea. Hey, what team is Kai Havertz known for playing for? Chelsea. Hey, where do they both play right now? And where do neither one of them, and where do their fans think they shouldn't be playing? Arsenal. Right? The are just copying the homework. Hey, where did Declan Rice like famously get released from as an academy player? And he's really good friends there. Oh, it's Chelsea. Okay, and where does he play now? He plays at Arsenal. And they spent a bunch of money, just like their other friends, just like Chelsea do, just like Manchester City do. Right? They're leaning across the aisle like, oh, I didn't I didn't notice you guys were buying midfielders. Oh, okay. We can you know what? Maybe we'll buy some midfielders, and that'll be our idea. No, just get your own ideas, man. For and then even then he's eating. Arteta's just trying to do what Pep's doing. So even like their original thoughts are just like, do what Pep do. Make center backs, play left back. Make center backs, play right back. Make center backs, play everywhere. Be fluid in attack. Have a Scandinavian kid be the pinnacle of your attack. Can we get a Norwegian? We can. Great. Does that sound like anything you might be familiar with? Because there's a lot of stuff I'm familiar with. I feel like some of the stuff I just listed you might be more familiar with. Does that sound like anything you know? Yeah, I, I've I've seen it once or twice, but um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> but executed um, better. So that's why you're having yeah. trouble kind of feeling that out. Yeah, huh? Zinchenko, that's original. Gabriel Jesus, that's original. Miguel Arteta, yeah, you're, all of his own ideas are so good. Do you have a yeah. favorite original Miguel Arteta idea? I don't. Well, this from cool. Arsenal, I I think is um, this has been a culmination of like a couple seasons of this, right? Like bringing in Arteta and like trying to do that city thing, kind of like you're saying. And then they're like, Oh, well let's get a couple guys from city to do this. Like Jesus and Zinchiko. And like, you know, at that point I'm kind of like, okay, like this is getting a little, 
you know, let's just do what they do and see if it works. Then this off season, it was just like, to me, as you already alluded to, like, hmm, Declan Rice, really good. Let's just go get him. He's really good at like in this league. And then Kai Havertz, pretty good in this league. Let's just go get him. And then it was like, even David Rea, they're like, Brentford's keeper. Let's go. Oh, which, right. <laughs> which that signing, whole can of worms we don't have to get into, just doesn't make sense to me. Like Ramsdale, pretty good. We love Rhea you, Matt Turner. Gone. Yeah. We like, love you. I just, we it's your you. backup. We love you. It's your backup keeper. Like, and he's a guy who was rumored to go to like, I think Chelsea and Man United mm-hmm. at one point was Reyes, like to be their starter. So why go get a world-class keeper to just maybe unsettle Ramsdale? But nonetheless, it just it felt like after last offseason and this one just scooping up good players from good teams in your league and just being like, right. yeah, let's just assemble all this and maybe well, we can do good in this league. And 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 what was fun about Arsenal? They had developed their own players, like mm-hmm. Saka, right? Martinelli was a good piece of scouting to bring him in as a young player and develop him, right? Emil Smith Rowe, oh, he's he's Arsenal through and through. We're gonna bring him up and play. You loaned out from Odegaard, right? They were doing their own thing, and then they just took such a hard detour in the city that they couldn't even see what was going on, couldn't think for themselves once like it wasn't working perfectly, and then took such a hard detail like just going with like what the popular move is. It's like you guys got here by thinking differently right by playing soccer early by getting rid of pepe to clear the way for him right like you guys had good idea original thoughts and then you didn't know what to do once like it's a dog chasing his tail and then not knowing and then being upset he bit himself in the tail when he gets it yeah but um i'm with you on them and uh i have come up with another one though for this one and Mm -hmm. um this one pretty obvious if uh, you know me by this point, I love to poke fun at Manchester United for just trying yes, to be sir. City these days. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> because uh, th- there's already videos out there, so I'm not going to go super far on this, but there's like all types of people making fun of like, oh, they go get a bald coach, like just like City. And then they're <laughs> like, oh, maybe we should renovate our stadium just like City is. And then maybe we should go out and get like a tall, blonde, Nordic, striker like city did and they go out and get rasmus hoyland for that this offseason can we get a chelsea um, midfielder yeah whichever one's ready to go bud you go ahead and take him <laughs> just grab mason mount and just pay him way more money than chelsea would pay him and they're paying everybody these days so that's saying something but <laughs> if chelsea's trying to pay you if you're not getting paid by chelsea ooh. right but um like even and i, I actually like this stop signing, dyeing your hair blonde all of you <laughs> what are you doing that is it yeah, looks that's bad. That's something. <laughs> that hey. might be a boomer take by us, but that is, yeah, not it. Like, like we if left one that of in you 2001 it, for a reason. If one of you do it, that person might have a personality. When nine of you do it, you either talked about it, which is really cool, or you all made that decision by yourself, which is not original. Mm-hmm. Do you? At least everybody on our team has dreads. Like, it looks the same. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, even when I go through, like, United's moves, um, Onana, I think, is going to be a good signing for them, but they're which maybe this is unfair to be like they're copying. They needed to get a goalkeeper who could use their feet. They were, I mean, De Gea, as good of a shot stopper as he is, was years behind everybody, like every starting keeper in the league almost when it came to playing the ball with his feet. So I understand that one. I, but I think I have a hot take about David De Gea. Okay. I think I think they went too far. I think they went too far the other way. I think they got so mad about him not being able to use his feet 
that they didn't realize he was absolutely saving their ass week in and week out. I think I'm in step with you that I think David Ahea was. I think I think it went too. The hatred ride. went too far because it's not like he didn't do ride. one thing elite, right? There yeah. are plenty. There are plenty of goalkeepers that distribute great that can't save shit. We employ yeah. most of them. Yeah, I, I think that he was given a tough ride there, but um, we'll see how the Onana thing plays out. Maybe that one's unfair, but like even today, they're they're getting Regulon from fucking Tottenham on loan. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And before that, they were linked to like, yeah, they <laughs> were linked to Cucurella, and they were linked to fucking somebody else, some other fucking wing back in the league that doesn't play for his team ever. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I understand you need a backup left back, but like, you're just you're going through everybody's trash at this point. The, like, what's going the on? The amount of times I've googled whether Luke Shaw was hurt over the last week has been incredible. <laughs> I keep googling whether he's hurt or not, and I keep. Like, because I just keep seeing so many rumors about it. It's like, oh, he must have ripped his ACL from his body. Right? Like, he must be done forever. Right? Like, and I know he's out. Ten weeks is a long time. But you would think it was like KDB-style injury. Yeah. It's like, it's. I know Luke, and well, okay. I also don't get that people think Luke Shaw is so good, and that's just me being a little bit defensive of my guy, Ben Chilwell. But, like, you're telling me you can't deal without Luke Shaw for a while? Buddy, these left backs and right backs are fragile. I know. You know. They do get hurt. Like, seriously, like left backs and right backs get hurt a lot, I feel like. A lot right? of running. There, it's a lot of running. They're usually smaller in stature, except for my guy Reese. Shout out Reese, but he's so hurt all the time. Um, but, you know, like they get hurt with stuff like that. They are reacting like it is a great, like they're not going to be able to figure it out this weekend with the amount of like transfer rumors that have been around. It's like, don't you have Alex tell us like right there? Like you don't have a backup for Luke Shaw. What are we doing? Yeah. So notorious homework copiers over there and uh, that into Manchester, but let's move it along. Andrew, we got one more superlative here and this might be my favorite one. Um, okay. Ready for it. This one, Andrew, most likely to say that they aren't spoiled and their parents are actually middle-class. um i'm going to go with often uh often maligned liverpool yeah low hanging Uh, fruit (laughs) i like it's almost like this one like does it need explanation it's like stop crying poor your parents drive a porsche you're not poor right just because they don't give you money right just because you don't have 50 dollars to go to the movies every weekend right which if you ask for the money, they would probably give you. Doesn't mean you're not poor, Liverpool. Yeah, you're not even getting. You're free gonna make a hundred. You make a you make a hundred and twenty million dollar bid for Moises Caicedo, and then he didn't want to go to you, and then you still tried to cry poor, and then you didn't get Romeo Lavia. And I know that's just like the Chelsea centric view of it, but like you offered up like a hundred and you know like a hundred million dollars, and then seventy five million dollars back to back like days, and it didn't work. But you're not poor. You can't say you're not poor. Stop selling people to the Saudi league and then crying poor. That's not how it works. You can't do both. You have to do one or the other. You can cry poor if you don't want to give Jordan Henderson and uh, Fabinho to the Saudi league. But you did that, so now I don't want to hear about it. Okay? Especially when you sell Mohamed Salah. Especially when he leaves you in the dust and say, Klopp held us back. We should have won more. That would be my, that, oh, that would be my greatest day. 
Mo Salah interviews and just goes full Lukaku on them. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, like even to be fair to them, right? Like Ooh. if we, if we take that, those ones you're like alluding to, like the ones that didn't happen, if it's like, okay, like, but they didn't spend that money. So maybe they are poor. Like this team spent 70 million on Soba Sly. Like, yes. <laughs> this team, this, Would you this get team Cody Gakpo for a nugget? No. Yeah. You spent yeah, money they also, on him. Darwin a hundred million on Darwin Nunez last year. You that's three Erling Hollands that you bought, that you spent, and you're not getting one. You're getting a third yeah. of Erling Holland for three times the price. Right, and like, you know, it goes down, and this is not against them at all. It goes down as great business to you know figure that out. But McAllister for forty two million, I think we look at it as like a bargain. But that's still forty two million. It's not like it's just right. you, you didn't spend well, anything on him. To be fair, not getting absolutely fucked by Brighton is something I've never seen happen. So I'm going to give them their credit <laughs> for that one. To not get bent over for double, you know, to get him at half the price of Mark Cucurella and not have to give up your firstborn son in the meantime, I'll give you that one. But stop you, acting like you're smarter than everyone else because you're being cheaper than everyone else in a time where you have to be smart and pay a lot of money to compete at the highest end is a lie. It's like the Yankees keep bringing back Brian Cashman and then being like, what's going wrong with the team? It's like they're not built very well, man. Yeah. Right. And like Liverpool's built well and they have a good coach. Right. But it's the same problem of like, well, why don't we have elite players? It's like, cause you didn't bring any in. You didn't pay them the money they wanted. That's why you're still very like, good. So stop whining I, about it. I'm actually going to disagree with you on that. I think that I actually really like what they've done. The, the only thing I have as a criticism to them is that I just don't like this attitude of like, they missed out on Lavia and like Caicedo because they don't have enough money. Like they have the money. They, they do. That's what I'm it. saying. Yeah. They want credit for being cheap and being cheap is something that's seen as like such a good thing. You weren't cheap. You missed, right? You have to be cheap. There's not a third 50 there's not a third 70 million dollar midfielder available who's also 20 chelsea bought both of them there's not a third guy there in fact there is his name is jude bellingham he would have been better anyways and you didn't get him either so you don't get extra credit for going and getting an old japanese man to play midfield you don't get extra credit for doing more with less you just have to win the games yeah, and I mean, Graven Birch, that's been here we go. It's not totally, totally official. They haven't tweeted it out yet, but like that's going to be another $45 million, I believe I saw somewhere in that oh, neighborhood. Oh, must have been so. the couch cushions. Maybe some <laughs> loans they took out. I don't know. Did they pass so, go? Like, they must have passed <laughs> go today. Something, right? But yeah, to my point, by the end of this, I mean, they're going to be right there in the thick of the top five, six spenders in this. And they didn't season, sell anybody. So. They didn't sell anybody that matters. So when you show me the, the, my favorite graphic, the one that makes Chelsea look good. When you look at the net spend, I don't want to hear shit Liverpool. Cause you let Sadio Mane walk for like nothing. You haven't made a profit on any of these guys you've sold. So when you look up that graphic, I can't imagine it's going to be very kind to you or at least as kind as it is to Chelsea. Because you guys like to act like we're ruining football when you guys aren't keeping up. But, you know. So. I can, yeah. Well, that's your boy one, Stan Kroenke, uh, right? Shout out the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, if you want to <laughs> just jump ship before he wants, you know, before you ask for more money, just, you know, kind of get out of there, buddy. Yeah. But um, 
Andrew, yeah, this one was kind of a Liverpool runaway. This was a Liverpool layup on this question, but just to <laughs> Sorry, diversify <yes. laughs> a bit. Um, basically, I have just decided that the other person that wins the superlative is like literally almost the entire bottom half of the table teams. Like just looking at this, right? Like these teams here, let, let me just ask, let me, let me phrase it this way. Would you think that like, when I talk about the poorest teams in the league, like sure. Bournemouth's probably right up there for you, right? Yeah, they've got a couple years in the Prem banked, but yeah, them and like Sheffield and Luton, yeah, for sure. Bournemouth has spent $127.7 million this window, Andrew. <laughs> and they have made $1.5 in profit. <laughs> that's like two midfielders. That's a ton of money. <laughs> that's like um, two Chelsea midfielders, like starters. Like blue chippers, and who have they who have they brought in for their for their hard work? Other than our guy Tyler Adams, shout out. They just they like just yeah Tyler Adams twenty six, um, Hamed Traore for twenty five and a half, Alex Scott twenty three, Milos Kerkes for Alex, 17 Alex Scott and a half. who's also hurt. Him and Tyler Adams yeah. both can't play for like six weeks. Yeah, they Good, um, the best their best signings are just on layaway. <laughs> Save them for Christmas time, but yeah, just they've nickeled their dime. <laughs> We're gonna nickel put these under the tree, way. but you can't open them, okay? <laughs> nickeled and dime their way all the way to one hundred and twenty-seven point seven million. A bunch of like just twenty-five to fifteen million dollar transfers, basically. But like Tell along me those you're lines, about Andrew, relegation without telling me you're worried about relegation. <laughs> <laughs> um, along those lines, Burnley one hundred and eleven million this year, only three point eight million in sales. Brighton, who Granted, have sold a shitload of players. They've spent over a hundred million replacing those guys. Um, that's kind of yeah, valid when you I, see I what think, they've made. Yeah, but off they're they're on a profit. I can tell you yeah. from one guy. Oh, they were they're definitely on a profit. <laughs> Thanks and for that. And Moises Caicedo goes ahead and cancels out the debt. Um, same for like Wolves Doing at more a profit. To help jobs in Brighton than anyone. What a man. Same for Wolves at a profit, but they spent eighty million. Like even like you go down to these teams that haven't. They're like this is the bottom basically of this table. Like Luton spent the least, and they spent twenty two point seven five million. Yeah. Brentford, I couldn't name one person Brentford signed. They spent sixty five million this year, Andrew. <laughs> it's just it's still just Brian and Bueno and the ghost of Ivan Tony, which I think it's all going to get evened out by Ivan Tony in January, which is crazy that teams are still queuing up for that guy. If you've seen some of the quotes he's had about like that'll be a topic for another time, but like, I don't, ooh, I don't know if I want Chelsea to go after Ivan Tony as good as he's looked, but like, <laughs> it's still just Brian and Buemo and like random wingbacks. They throw out there like Rico Henry. It's like, that's the team, but no, they got weird dudes in midfield. They're they're There's a lot of money in the premier league, but you know, Liverpool are poor. So that's, what's important. <laughs> it is what's important. And that's, <laughs> That's our transfer market, transfer window superlatives, Andrew. That is it. We, If there's something you think we missed, something in the transfers you want us to talk about, a big move maybe, um, let us know, right? Reach out to us. Let us know. We will absolutely cover anything you want to talk about. But a couple other things before we uh, get out of here today. Um, we've got some some business to take care of. Um, not necessarily pertaining to me, but you kind of thought it was important and wanted to include it. Um, it was something called the UCL draw, the uncle draw. Am I saying that correctly? I'm not personally familiar this year. I'm taking the year off from being personally familiar. 
Yeah, that's well, that's okay, Andrew. I'm I'm well versed in it. I had a nice long run to learn. <laughs> You're it all not as well versed in it as I am. I'm I'm more well versed in it. We've been more well versed in it. This year, we're taking a sabbatical. Oh, okay. Well, this is this is like, like yeah. This is like when a this is like when a like world leading professor takes the year on sabbatical. They're not maybe the world leading professor anymore, but you know they will be when they come back next year. They have tenure. Mm-hmm. We they got tenure. Mm-hmm. We're not worried about it. I I didn't realize you were. <laughs> This enamored with Real Madrid, Andrew. This is news to me. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll 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 be there. There's someone else that will not be there. Um, yeah, but, I just um, wanted to change things up this year. Sure. Yeah, it's Give nice to take vacations, chance. but um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm in grind time still, here, Andrew. Use the uh, Champions League draw. We don't have to go group by group in this. Just I just want to point out the mm-hmm. fun groups. Um, you know, for me personally kind of a cakewalk of i love the way you phrased it earlier of you said timo <laughs> werner um pedophiles and a typo because that would be leipzig uh bsc young boys from switzerland and crevinia uh, i play a lot of fifa i have no idea who no is. well especially when they put it in like their native language is not helping anybody but yeah shout out to crevinia for for making it I have horrible news about what Josco Guardiola is going to do to you guys, but um, yeah, no, it, it's still Rico Lewis tough. masterclass incoming. Yeah. Well, Cole Palmer not going to be there. I don't know what you guys are going to do. Some other unnamed. Uh, I don't even, do you guys have other wingers? It's just been Cole Palmer for so long hanging out on the bench. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. You're going to see a I'm new gonna... name on the team sheet next week. You're going to lose your mind. The first one <laughs> I was going to go to was like, Maximo Perot season, but uh, we were going to saw too, so never mind. <laughs> he hasn't been here now. Uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> but um, yeah, that should be a pretty easy one. Tough 180 minutes of Champions League football that he, uh, old Cole Palmer, is going to miss out on. But honestly, the only place I think your eyes really go to when you look at these groups, Andrew, is um, Group F is Oof. maybe the most insane group I've ever seen in, in a Champions League draw. We got. PSG, we got Borussia Dortmund, we got AC Milan, shout out the American boys, and and welcome through the fucking party, Newcastle United, enjoy this fucking group. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fantastic that it's it's actually really considerate of the, of UEFA, who I generally think of as being very inconsiderate, um, that they've at least given us one group that they can, when it's their turn, like when it's their day to have games, like they've guaranteed us a good matchup. Cause there've been some days in the past where it's like, okay, if my team's not playing and Spencer's team's not playing, which team, like, am I going to watch Bayern beat up on the little children of the poor here? Or do I have to pretend like Barcelona's not going to beat this team four to one? You know what I mean? Like it's sometimes that kind of like, okay, I should watch this and I want to watch it because it's midweek soccer. But at the same time, like, are any of these games themselves good, right? I think we've both been there with UCL draws in the past. For sure. Now they're at least guaranteeing you a Tuesday or a Wednesday of absolutely one marquee matchup. Yeah. Very considerate. I appreciate yeah, that's it. Your, that, that'll be your prime time, like, on the big channel game, <coughs> CBS game, you would think would be from that group every single match day. Um Twelve great games we'll get out of that group, but I hope I hope it's on Paramount. Just as you said that, I was like, "Oh, hold on, you want to get people on Paramount Plus? How bad do you want it? Go for <laughs> it." But um, 
Yeah, outside of that, Andrew, most of these groups are pretty top-heavy, like two good teams, two mad teams. The only other one that I'd say is, you know, kind of compelling, I've seen this one online called, like, the hipster best group, and that's uh, Group E, which is Feyenoord, Atletico Madrid, Lazio, and Celtic, just, like, four pretty good teams. Atletico, I yeah. think you say is, hard, like, the hard class to know. Yeah, hard to know, like, who you like coming out of that group. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe, like, well, like, I love – this is like that fun time of year where if you listen to like any like English podcasts, they have like one fucking Scottish guy on there who like really cares about Celtic and they talk about Celtic not getting like any points in the group stage. So maybe they'll get like a few points in the group stage this year to keep those like guys employed and happy. Yeah. Yeah. Celtic being talked about as like the fourth biggest club in the world is like, it might be true. I do roll my eyes at it every time somebody says it. You know uh, what just, I mean? It's just like, I don't, I don't have any concept for how that could be true, right? But, you know, like, you know, the Detroit Lions are the biggest thing in Michigan, I guess. So everybody's right sometimes. It's like no disrespect. Is, I Eminem, were... is Eminem here today? No. Then the Detroit Lions are the most popular thing in the state of Michigan. To be fair to like Celtic, right? And this is predating me, but I do remember having – oh, what would it have been, like FIFA 99 or something on Nintendo 64? And I remember Celtic being, like, the biggest fucking, like, one of the biggest teams on the game. No, and, and, and like, that's not that they couldn't be. And I know they're, I'm not to disparage their history, but but the thought of, like, Cameron Carter-Vickers starts for Celtic. He's one of the biggest players at one of the most important clubs in the world. That statement isn't true, Right. If he was starting for Celtic in 99, that might be true, right? Mm-hmm. Not best, but like most important. Like, man, if Cameron Carter-Vickers doesn't figure this out, they're going to tear him apart. It's like, that dude couldn't hack it at Spurs, right? And that was a long time ago, and I love CCV. He's come a long, long way. But those two things are both not true. Yeah, <laughs> It's just not. We are absolutely getting sidetracked here. Oh uh, yeah, but I mean, Celtic just as talk. I was like no, yeah, saying on it with Celtic is just yeah, I I understand they were big in the past, but yeah, for like my entire caring about soccer life, I mean, the Scottish league's been set shit. It is what it Prove is. Prove me wrong, like, Celtic. Win your group. And I'll watch your games. I I watched. I certainly don't have a team to watch here. I literally watched Celtic lose to fucking Malmo in like fucking 2015 when I was in Sweden. It was a big deal when I was over there in like the Champions League, like qualifying last stage. So, yeah, and like that's not even shit. I'm like, I, I love that they have like the old firm derby would actually be like one of the coolest matches to go to, right? Them and Rangers. Um, but I'm not, not for really us anymore. shitting Mike on it. Killed. Yeah, we're super big in Scotland. Listeners by the 10th. Um, but just like, I, I mean, I'm not diminishing it to your own team. I think that would still be one of the biggest things to go to. But like, I'm sorry, it's you're, you like somebody told me it was top four. And I just went, okay, so Real Madrid and Barcelona and Bayern Munich, and then you guys, that's it. Those are the four biggest teams in the world without even thinking about it. And they were like, yes. And I was like, oh, I just don't believe you. Shout out to the people you run into at work. I was a big big Celtic fan, and I that's stuck with me ever since he said it, that they were one of the four biggest teams in the world. It's like, yeah. oh, nope. <laughs> yeah. Ask that guy how he watched his team play like before, like, a year ago when they got picked up by Paramount Plus. Right. And what if and what if you move outside of Glasgow? Okay, that's what I thought. Um but 
Should be fun. Champions you know, League. I, I we we love it. You, you, hey, you get that nice reset of like, you yeah, know, save. not really having a horse in the race. You can just kind of watch whatever game you want. No stress. Yeah. It's, I've already hit my nice wagon to AC Milan, right? I can just watch whatever game I want. There's no stress in the Champions League this year. And as long as Chelsea look like they're getting back there, it won't be a problem for me. If they look like they're trending not there, and then I have to watch other people be there, it's going to be a problem. Can already yeah, tell. But. So no stress for you there, Andrew. That's nice. But now we have to do our final thing before we get out of here for the day. Yes, We've sir. got to anoint a life of stress on a lucky fan. Last week we <coughs> talked about helping to find Zach, who emailed into us a club, Andrew. And, yes, sir. Um, I'll do. What if we, we 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 went to the lab? We went uh, ran some calculations into the algorithm, and we came up with a solution. Andrew, what do you yeah. got? Um, I'm going to start a quick recap just of his four points. I'm not going to read the whole email, but he wants the team to be relevant, not at the very top, not looking to be a passenger on the Mahomes Chiefs bandwagon, but would like to lean or like a team that's been a contender more often than not, right, throughout their history and be trending in the right direction now. Um, at least one American. This was the toughest uh, category for us to fulfill. Um, and we have some solutions to that. I, I for the team, at least that I think we've selected here, I think I may not be able to a deal to, or uh, I may not be able to offer you an American to root for, but I can give you. I feel like we can meet this criteria, right? Um, he wants a gritty. Team. Give you some North Americans. I can get. <laughs> I can give you some North America. Yeah. Uh, well, at the and at the very least, we can give you, you know, like number three for sure. We can give it to you in spades here. Wants a gritty team, self-explanatory run the damn football, right? Control the clock. Bud Grant and Bill Cower or Will Farrell's assistant coach in the 2005 soccer film, Kicking and Screaming. Because um, we don't say Ditka. We just don't. Um, and then cool shit. Um, definitely have cool stadium, absolutely. Um, but we have absolutely been in the lab. We have conversed. We have talked about this, Spencer. Um do you want to go ahead and say the name of the team? Zach, drum roll. Drum roll, Zach. Like we said, calculations came out and the supercomputer of fish and fries spat out. West Ham United. West Ham United. Come on, you hammers. <clears throat> Come on, hammers. Um, you've actually heard us talk a lot of really nice positive things about the hammers in this, which is coincidental that, yes, they are playing well and they are playing better. But when you originally emailed in, this was one of our – two biggest teams that we were thinking of last week. Um, and I knew you were intrigued when I described them last week as a, having a line, a team full of linebackers, right? This is the biggest, toughest team in the premier league, right? I think you, I think that's safe to say um, just on like stature alone, Mikel Antonio, look him up. That guy's not taking any shit. Uh, Thomas Suchek, long dude, right? That's a big guy. Yeah, Kurt Zuma at the back. That dude's not losing any headers. Um, other guys that I'm not able to name at the moment here, but you've got a lot of great. It's a team full of linebackers, man. You're going to love them. Yeah, the, and like you alluded to before, look, we we did our best on the American stipulation in this. It's Unfortunately, just, still a limited run. Still a limited run on the Americans. It was a tough summer for Americans in the Premier League. Here, right? We shipped out a bunch of them. Like a, a year ago, this would have been a layup for Leeds United. But we also didn't want to set you up for like 
a life of failure. Like you, like another stipulation in this right was to not do a team that's just an absolute fucking shambolic mess and is going to lose most of their games. We didn't want to give out a team that was just going to lose all the time because we think that's yeah. not that fun. So, and and you do um, have Jonathan Spector. I forgot I looked it up. I googled it earlier in the week. Guy made a uh, didn't Spector? He was like a defender, I think, back in the day. Jonathan Spector. I think he was one of those like English or American grandparents type of thing. Uh, I think he got some like call ups. I don't think he was a uh, respected player, but I looked it up earlier in the week and I knew there was one. Sorry, go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, th- there you go. We found some type of match because the closest I had was like, yeah, a n- couple of North Americans, Michaela Antonio, um, Jamaican, allegedly, uh, Edson Alvarez, Mexican confirmed. So, you know, kind of close to home. That's cool, I guess. Um, but cool shit in spades. I think they have one of the best badges in the league, Andrew. I love the hammer badge. It's great. Uh, yeah. As I alluded to earlier, this is my side piece right now for the year, so I'll be chatting about him a little bit here on, a little bit on here. So, mm-hmm. a little talk on the podcast for you there, Zach, and I, I think you're set up for a nice middle ground team that can kind of punch above their weight, maybe get into that top area of the league. Like Andrew said, they're in second right now. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts, but kind of a nice team that's Here's- I think on a nice upswing. And and here and here's the sell for you, buddy. This is this is aimed directly at you. You played linebacker. This is a team full of linebackers, right? They had the ball. They had the ball ten percent of the time against Brighton this week, right? Which means they're just being disciplined defending the whole game. But when they get their opportunity to to go, when they get their opportunity to strike, they've got Mikel Antonio, a giant dude up front, just pulling the ball down. They take their chances when they earn them. Basically, um, they're basically like the 05 Ravens, right? Dilfer's not giving you anything on offense, right? You got to you gotta try to get around that. But, you know, if you throw a pick, it's going to the house. And you can't throw a pick against West Ham right now. It's a no-fly zone. If there's, a, if there's a ball on the ground, you're in trouble. So that's my kind of final push for you. Also, Maroon, right? You like the Gophers. We talked about it. And you get to be the Hammers. You get to literally be the hard and hardest hit in this team in the league. So um, I think it'll be yeah, good. I, I think – I al- think. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Just say, the, the alternatives were giving you um, – watching Austin Trusty never play at Sheffield United. Um, Upsetting. <laughs> watching um, – <laughs> what uh crystal palace not put our fucking boy chris richards out on the field enough uh watching we did did consider nottingham forest we did they got they got america's number one but i don't think they they don't fit your play style bud run the damn ball they're They're not running the style they're out here spending Mm -hmm. frivolous amounts of money that ain't it yeah the gophers we gave you we gave you a great run the damn ball team so i think you're gonna enjoy this one that said, Spencer, unless you got anything else, buddy, we have been back with one of our longer episodes in a while. It feels good. Get the tires out, stretch the legs, run out a little bit here. But uh, unless you got anything else, buddy, until next time. No, I was, we came to you a couple of days late, but I think we more than made up for it, Andrew. This is a meaty podcast, so uh, let's call her quits for the night. All right. Until next time, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. In the meantime, I do have one more chance. Oh, Subscribe. Uh, 
subscribe, yes. follow on X, Twitter. Sorry, Twitter. We're we're yes. dying on the Twitter hill. That's right. Dying <laughs> on the Twitter hill. Follow on Twitter. Um, more things to come here before long, so keep an eye on that. Uh, at Fish Fries Pod, like right. I said. Email in if you need a team, if you want Fish to chat, Fries something Pod we want to talk about. Yep, yep. Hit us up. All that. Let us know that we didn't talk about your team and we fucking suck. I'd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I'd love to hear that someone on here has a team we haven't directly talked about. I challenge you, challenge you to tell us we haven't talked about your team. <laughs> you just said mean things about my team. Well, get over yeah, Let's talk to you about them. I said mean things yes. with my words. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Missed you, buddy. <laughs> but thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll be back next week. All right. Till then, buddy. Appreciate it, man.